We believe that wealth is a journey and that this is your jumpstart to trading success. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Trader's Mind Chat live show. Today, we are talking about will the stock market crash in 2022? I saw this topic trending and i wanted to address for you guys have a nice discussion uh, see like how realistic or not realistic any of that is and what to do what to look out for if a crash should happen what some of the warning signs might be how to take advantage of crashes uh we'll discuss all that but before we jump into that if you guys could take a moment and drop a uh, a comment into the chat uh let me know where you're watching from we see alex uh, over there welcome alex uh yeah let, let me know where you're watching this from or whether you are on youtube on uh, share vision over on uh twitter or facebook let me know where you're watching where you're at and uh, as always, as you have questions, this is always meant to be very interactive. Oh, Matt, Matt Matt's one of our uh, elite members. Welcome, Matt. Uh, yeah, as you have questions, type them into the chat. This is meant to be as interactive as it can be, and we'll have the the recordings up later. By the way, too, uh, we just started uploading these live stream recordings over to Spotify. Spotify is letting me do video uh, podcasts now, which is pretty awesome. So you can check that out too. I'll post the links for Spotify uh, later on. Anyway, so will the stock market crash in 2022? It's a big question. Uh, apparently. So let's take a look at some of the things that can help us figure out is a crash imminent and what should we do if a crash happens. So let me share my screen. For some of you, this spreadsheet will look very familiar. For others, uh, it might be the first time that you're seeing this, but uh, either way, throw your questions into the chat as we go. So this, what you're looking at right here is basically the way that I gauge market sentiment uh, each and every day. It starts at a very high level. Uh, and I'm looking at the major indices, right? Like you see the, the these column headers right over here uh, for the S&P, the NASDAQ, the Russell 2000, the New York Stock Exchange and the Dow. I'm looking at each one of those major indices and I'm looking at each one of them across timeframes, right? So I'm doing this multi-timeframe analysis across the major indexes because it's kind of like the, the way that the, the market works, I like to think of it uh, like seasons, right? So yeah, what comes after uh, what comes after summer? What comes after summer? Fall, right? And then what comes after fall? winter uh, like uh, this stuff isn't complex and it's not oh it doesn't need to be overly complex in the market either what what's going to come after an uptrend is a sideways trend and what's going to come after a sideways trend well it can do one of two things it can continue moving up or it can start to roll over Right. And after a downtrend, you're eventually going to get an uptrend. So it's a matter of identifying 
the different things that can clue us into, well, when is the market getting ready to change? And well, how can we better prepare ourselves when that inevitable change happens, right? So that's where tracking this kind of stuff uh, comes in for me. Uh, so looking at the market at a very high level, that's what the, the monthly trends are. Then starting to look at it at a little bit more of a granular level and then getting very granular over here with the, the daily trends. So so that's the, the bigger perspective of what I'm doing. And just to look at some charts, right? Uh, who doesn't like to look at charts? Um, see, uh, like here's monthly charts of the S&P 500, NASDAQ, Russell 2000, New York Stock Exchange, Dow. And I also keep this one up too. This is the IBD 50 for anybody that's trading growth stocks. Uh, I think that this is a, a good thing to look at as well. It's tracking uh, the top 50 growth stocks per, per IBD, right? So there's definitely a lot of subjectivity in there, but eh, it tends to act as a fairly decent gauge to to throw into the mix, right? Like we, we never want to put too much weight on any one thing, but it, it helps to, to flavor the sauce, uh, if you will. So big perspective, right? Like, like the, the broader perspective, you look at these charts uh, and what kind of trends do you guys see? Uh, type into the chat, what kind of trends do you see? Uh, like just your eyes moving from left to right on the chart. Uh, it's an uptrend. And it's hard to argue against the S&P being an uptrend. For the NASDAQ, pretty similar, right? But then you look over here at the Russell, and it it's a little bit different of a story. It's sideways. Same deal over here with the NYSE, sideways. Or you could say that, oh, like it, it has a little bit more of an upward bias, perhaps, than the Russell, because it's uh, the Russell hasn't made a higher high in... A meaningful period of time, right? The last time, well, it, it did make a higher high over here. It attempted to break out, but it hasn't sustained a breakout above the the March high. Uh, like it, it just hasn't sustained uh, any kind of a breakout yet. So more sideways action versus what we've seen over here on the uh, Nizi and also on the Dow. Great. You dive in a little bit deeper, right? You start looking at some of these uh indices on the the weekly time frames and you could see like how things are that were a bit more controlled in their uptrend over here then you started to move sideways things got a little bit wide and loose then over here you had a pretty controlled uptrend and if you're comparing this here right like so this is this here this uh little six week stretch that was actually my best trading period of 2021 uh, like the uh the account jumped i believe about 15% uh, during this period here, right? A uh, little six week spam. But uh, if we're just looking at this and let me uh, color this line, uh, make that line a little bit uh, thicker. Right? If we're looking at, at this slope versus the slope over here, like you, you can tell that there's well, even if we backed it up a little bit, like it was more so like this when a lot of the bigger gains came, right? So you can see like how you can have a steady, slow moving uptrend, uh, right? That had a little bit of grind, 
uh, in some of it. Like there were some sharper pullbacks, some sharper shakeouts in that uptrend. But then over here, you are just jumping uh, and moving very quickly. Right, so you you can see like how the character of the market can shift from when we're looking at something on a much longer time scale versus something even on an intermediate time scale, right? Like how this period between uh, what is that, uh, May and September versus uh, this little six-week period from October to mid-November, and since then it's been pretty darn choppy with the market finally starting to uh to break out over here so the whole point of me uh telling you all this is that it can help you start to get more in tune with the actual market conditions it you know right like if we're going to walk outside and try to tell like well what's the the weather right now and we start to to have an understanding of how the seasons change then we could better prepare ourselves for well how what should we be doing with our accounts right so we could tell uh, like uh, let's go back to uh last year right so here is uh 2020 right and you have this uh this crash here well, what happens after a crash? Well, eventually you're going to get some stabilization and you'll get a move back to the upside. You won't necessarily know when the end is coming, but you can start to clue, get clued into some of the signs. Some of the signs are going to be this multi time frame uh, analysis, right? Like where you're looking at monthly, weekly, daily charts, uh, where you're like here, here's the the daily charts over here, and you could start to see like some movement, and you could start to see a change in character in price action earlier on a daily chart than you can on a weekly or a monthly, right? Like that that kind of makes sense too. Like you, as you're dialed in versus standing back and looking at the whole thing. Like if you're looking at if you're walking in a forest and you start to see some leaves on the floor, like that's like a first sign of change versus having to wait for the whole forest for all the leaves to dump on the floor. <laughs> like you could get dialed in a little bit quicker. So rather than waiting to the end of the month and being way down here or two months and you're way down here, you could start to see the earlier signs of change uh, within a couple of days. Right. And so it was back here, like back here on this day, on February 21st, like I'm out of the vast majority of my positions. I was about 90% cash back then. Then over here, uh, out of the rest of my longs and started shorting. Right. And so were uh, many of the other people in the, the elite program. And part of the reason why is because, well, this was part of it right? The change in character, but there's other things that you, uh, that are great to be dialed into as well. And it's uh, really the primary reason why I'm tracking all this stuff. Uh, so that way I'm getting clued into the market. Um, we'll skip distribution days for now. Uh, like it's, uh, a, it's a good thing to have as part of the analysis, but uh, I view them as a secondary thing, uh, like not crucial. Uh, something that that I do find to be crucial uh, is this right here, 
right? Our like our portfolio, our setups, uh, what the stocks that we're most interested in are doing. And the reason why is because that's our really the the primary thing that's going to have us be active one way or the other. If we are getting smashed uh, by the market, we will be dialing things back, right? In our portfolio, presuming that, uh, well, uh, let me ask you guys, do you want to trade what you believe are the best setups? Or are you just kind of picking at random and hoping for the best? Right, like hey, you're you're trying to find the ones that you believe are the best, right? Like whether you are or you're not, that's a different story. But you're aiming and you're hoping to get into the stocks that you think are the best ones, right? That that's what we all want. So keeping track of a what our portfolio is doing, b what the trade ideas that we had on our radar are doing, that's going to give us some really solid information into how the market is behaving uh, for us from our point of view. So my goal uh, in trading, or one of my goals in trading is to trade the the leaders, to trade the you know, what I'm perceiving to be the best stocks uh, in the market. Great. So when I'm by collecting my trade ideas, my setups for the week, I want to see how all of them do, right? Like even if I don't trade them all and I don't trade them all, right? Like right now there's 36 stocks that I came up with uh, over the weekend. I'm not going to trade all those. I, I, right now I only have two of them, uh, right? Uh, I only have two open positions and so far they're, uh, they're profitable. Uh, came within about one cent of stopping me out today. DFH. Well, we'll talk about that later. But like, yeah, like it was um, right now, 89% of ideas are profitable. So that's something that's telling me that this is starting to develop into a market that's favorable for my trading systems. Right, like if I could close my eyes, reach into a bag and pull out a winner, then that's going to be a favorable market. That's exactly what this and tracking trade ideas and win rate of the trade ideas is going to tell us. Uh, so it's that part of it. It's the breadth, right? Are we seeing like, yeah, we're, we've got 10 ideas and they're doing well versus we've got 80 ideas and they're all doing well? market breadth is a part of it, the quality of the setups, and the ones that we actually take, how are the setups that we actually take performing? Um, those are the things that can really help us dial into the market and start to know right away, uh, is the market favorable, unfavorable, and keep us in step with the market? Because if we also, in doing all that, if we're taking our mindset from trying to win on this trade and trying to win on this trade and trying to win on that trade, of course, we want to try to do our best on every single trade. But if we're looking at it more of a probabilities game where I know that half the trades I'm going to buy are going to be losers and half the ones that I buy are going to be winners, then I'm not... I don't really have an expectation for this one or that one or that one, right? Like I know that when I buy a 10, I'm probably going to have five winners and five losers and we'll see like how profitable the five winners are. And I know how I'm going to cut the losses on the losers.
that's another thing too that can help us gauge traction in the market. Do you guys follow? Do you have any questions so far? I'm trying to give you guys uh, an overview uh, of this stuff. And this is all stuff that we go into a lot deeper inside the elite program, inside the, the video library that we have. I was trying to create uh, like a basics uh, video uh, live stream uh, for you guys. Well, we've been doing that uh, every day uh, on Tuesdays. So if you haven't had a chance to check that out and you're interested, definitely go check that out. Um, created a, a list uh, on YouTube uh, for you. Um, let's see. Well, what else? Yeah, Brian's uh, following along. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, Filtering out the noise. Uh, let's talk about filtering out the noise. And there's a lot of noise, right? So uh, first we stop, uh, spoke about market set, sentiment. Now uh, transitioning into filtering out the noise. Because if we are dialed into uh, our phones, right, if we're scrolling through social media, what's this person saying? What's that person saying? What's on the news? What's uh, uh, on CNN or Fox or CNBC or well, whatever kind of news you are or you're not consuming? Uh, those are things that can start to bleed into our trading if we are not aware of it. Um, what we consume uh, matters. Our environment matters. Uh, you may have heard that, uh, you know, well, we tend to be the, or yeah, the, the, the five people closest to us, uh, have a profound effect on us. That's true. And so is everything that we consume, not just food, but also what we're feeding our minds. So our social streams, right? Well, all that stuff matters. And if we are filling our minds with all the chatter of the media, then that's something that can start to affect our decision-making. It can start to make us feel afraid or anxious, do make rash decisions. Uh, like there's so much talk uh, about uh, like so many things uh, right now. Like I, I, and you know, it's funny too, like all the algorithms uh, that run these social media platforms, I've seen it happen on, on Instagram. I've seen it happen on YouTube as well, uh, where it, like if you just mention uh, anything controversial, like it will automatically flag uh, it, right? So now like, for example, uh, well, well, we'll just do a test now, right? Like, so if I mention COVID, right? Like now all of a sudden YouTube will likely have like a little, box either after the live stream is done or maybe on the recording starting to say that yeah there's uh you know if you want information on covid then go to the cdc right so they it's starting to trigger you know thoughts right like and how we should try to think one of the reasons why I prefer, well, especially when it comes to trading, uh, I prefer to not pay attention to the news at all. And I'm just doing this kind of work, 
right? Well, where I'm tracking trends and letting the market speak to me. And I'm basically, rather than listening to what's the latest headline, uh, just observing, well, what's the market doing and how and why, uh, or not even, well, why through the lens of my system versus why through what some talking head has to say and letting that be the guide, right? Like, like back here, well, when I was telling you that exited 90% of longs here, started shorting here, that had nothing to do with, with uh, COVID or, or uh, you know, the, something that somebody else had to say. It had to, everything to do with uh, almost all of my stocks, like starting to, to hit stops uh, over here, right? Like, so locking in profits on gains from all this move, and then starting to see a whole bunch of shorting opportunities. Great, so there you go. And it and it's following along the actions of the masses. So it, if you could look out the window and just see what people are doing, or like I just got uh, some new fish. <laughs> like if you're following along on Instagram, like you may have seen some, some little videos uh, of the fish that I have. If I wanted to learn more about those fish, like, uh, sit there and observe uh, see like well what they do like when you put some food in right like it, it's it, not hearing what somebody else is saying but like to actually sit and observe that's what we could do with the market just by looking at uh the actions here and seeing and starting to take into account well what types of setups are we seeing which way are trends moving if we start to see the character of the market change right like something that's nice and controlled you could like it's not uh it, it does take a little bit of getting used to to read the market but what works a hundred years ago still works today like it to see like tightened controlled action moving up gradually right like a little dip there okay but it, you're still within the general character versus characters starting to change over here versus characters dramatically changing over here wide and loose the action versus tight and controlled it's a great way to filter out the noise is to learn how to observe action and uh have different plans on how to respond to that action versus oh my god well what's uh this person saying what's that person saying and having to rely that way Let's see. Any questions on any of that? Any other thoughts? It's basically how I go about filtering out the the noise. Uh, at this at this point, like I, I watch or listen to uh, very little uh, news, uh, especially well when it comes to the market. Like, well, I'll I'll have an awareness of when certain uh, news events might affect my positions right like if there's earnings or something like that but um aside from that it, it's not uh critical at all for my trading all right cool all right so how to prepare and how to respond when crashes happen this is one of the reasons why i feel that trading with a stop loss uh, is 
very important uh, and I've always uh, have traded or I shouldn't say have always because so much of what uh, I've learned uh, in the past 22 years of trading. Yeah, yeah, 22. I started in 99. That's uh, now 2021. Yeah, so uh, next year will be 23 years of trading. But uh, what I've learned so far has largely come from trial and error and falling flat on my face, getting kicked and beat up by the market so many times it's uh hard to keep track but trading with the stop loss is uh one of those things that i consider to be very important uh, and the reason why is because when you do get these sudden down moves in the market uh well something like this like you'll get stopped out and the thing is is that when you do get a sudden down move in the market you don't know how far price is going to continue falling right? like maybe it, it rallies back great so you just you can buy your position back but if price does continue to fall and you get an event uh, like you did back here or even like in some of these more minor corrections uh, like let's say you're long right in here and price starts to fall sharply and you get uh, stopped out and you lock in some gains, you don't need to sit through this whole mess. right? And having a stop loss is uh, very beneficial. And it's not uh, a, an objection to stop losses. And let me know if you have any of these objections or maybe you have some different objections to stop losses. Um, but one of the common things that I hear is that the uh, the market makers like to go and they will run the stops and uh, take your shares, right? Have you ever heard that before? Like I hear that kind of argument all the time. I don't think that there's a market maker boogeyman that's just out to get you and your stop losses right like none of us are trading enough size to where uh, that's going to matter uh what i think more often happens is that uh stops aren't placed at appropriate levels uh for example uh, if you are trading there, there should be uh, and you place a stop in the market it should have some kind of support like so some some kind of logical reason other than like oh like it's just a certain percentage from where i uh placed my my entry right so here's a really solid example one from today position that i'm in dfh right, let's see where where price is at right now um looks like it's about to hit my one r target interesting well we'll see what happens there but uh what happened with this trade it actually came today right my, so my stop was at 1875 price came down to 1876 it came within one cent of my stop loss so what does that mean does that mean that i'm not uh, uh, that I got lucky. Well, that's part of it. Part of it is also knowing like where to place stops and what types of structure to look at when placing your stops. So I'm looking back here, right? 
So I'm looking back here. That low is 1879. This is a relatively thin, thinly traded stock. It's a lower priced stock, so I don't want to give it too much room. So place a stop down there. Have I have a bunch of uh, squiggly lines on here, right? Like you might, might be thinking that this is a bit much. Maybe, maybe it is a bit much, but one of them is this uh this blue line here like these are a whole bunch of anchored uh vwap uh indicators so anchored uh, what is it uh volume weighted average price so well part of what that's telling me is where uh the buyers or the sellers have more control based on volume so at that level uh buyers have more because Buyers are above the line. So all these things here help me to figure out where should I place my stop. Price structure, moving averages, right? So coming over here, moving averages. A lot of people use moving averages. It tends to be a self-fulfilling prophecy at times. But you have a whole bunch of them. I'll take some of these other indicators off right over here, right? So you can see how there's that thin gray one. That's a five. You have that green one, 10, that orange one, right? That's longer term, 100. Came down, kissed it, and rebounded uh, right off of that thing. So when you start to have a whole bunch of moving averages uh, right around there, it tends to be a better place for you to place a stop. So I happen to get lucky today that it didn't trigger me out and then go and rally right in my face. That happens occasionally, right? Like it happens just as much to me as it does to, to most people. But the point of the stop loss is to, it's your insurance policy. It's not where, and I think that, again, it, it comes back to a, uh, perspective shift on stop losses. Uh, I think that it comes to seeing your stops as your your insurance, right? So if it gets triggered, great. It's allowing you to uh, hit the uh, the the objective of your trading, right? And so your your objective is to probably be consistently profitable, right? Like that, or at least that's one objective for your trading. That that's pretty much universal um if we have our stop loss and it's helping us achieve that objective and we're also able to take that and marry it with this other belief that has to do with well we're trading probabilities we're looking at not just this one trade over here but we're looking at uh, our next 10 trades our next 20 trades and we have an understanding of well, our win rate is X. Whether your win rate is 45% like mine, whether your win rate is 50%, maybe you have an 80% win rate, right? Like, well, whatever it is, maybe you have a 30% win rate. Whatever it is, you know over 20 trades, uh, approximately how many of them are going to be winners, approximately how many of them are going to be losers. And so one loss here or there should not upset you it's just you're playing this numbers game and at the end of it you come out ahead so um let's see 
what else uh, in regards to crashes? Or is there any questions? Let me scroll through the, the chat here. Uh, any questions that you guys have? Uh, yeah, Matt says, you are much more ahead of the game or a step ahead when you are the observer. Uh, yeah, that, I totally agree with that. Um, it, it if you're able, the more that we're able to uh, view the market uh, from an unbiased point of view, right? And so there, there's always going to be some bias because we're looking at it through the lens of our system. And so there is inherent bias uh, in that. But I think that when we're able to uh, try to see that like, from the other perspective as well, uh that's uh, that's helpful too and that's something else that lends to that neutrality um let's see well what else rather than like uh risk management is king yes 100 percent um so here's another thing with risk management too how much should we risk and how much should we risk uh, in changing conditions? That's one of the things that, or one of the reasons why uh, I like to track the market in this way and have uh, devised this whole uh, condition codes that you might have seen up here. Let me share my screen again. These condition codes. So starting to see like, oh, well, defining uh these set of conditions up here as green these sets of as yellow these sets as red so when things are getting better i'm going to be betting heavier when things are not so good then i will be betting lighter and i want to try to stay involved when i'm seeing good setups come up because that's part of how we could gauge the changing conditions right like so we don't exactly have a weather barometer uh, in the market or the, the seasons, I should say, aren't the exact length uh, that they typically are like for Mother Nature, right? So one way to gauge the changing seasons is to plant some money seeds, right? And how do you do that? You uh, buy a, a setup that looks good and if that starts to sprout and flower then great put some more those start to, to sprout and flower great put some more and then that's part of what's going to uh bring you further and deeper into the market and as things are growing when it's time to harvest great you harvest those profits have a plan to do so um part of the way that, that i'm doing it is scaling out into strength and, and that's uh that's the high level gist <laughs> of it all right so let me know if you guys have any questions about anything that we've spoken about so far we've spoken about a lot today we spoke about keys to gauging market sentiment uh what we need to observe we spoke about filtering out the noise and we spoke about how to prepare and how to respond to crashes when they happen um happy to take questions on anything that we've discussed so far or if you have questions about anything else uh anything else uh market related let me know 
Uh, oh, yeah. And, uh, and too, if you haven't already liked or subscribed to the channel, wherever you're watching, whether you're watching over on YouTube or on ShareVision, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you are, make sure that you're liking, make sure that you are commenting, make sure that you are subscribing to the channels that helps uh, that that helps the the channels if you like what we're doing here then then do that and you're helping us out quite a bit um but it doesn't look like there's any other questions yet so uh we'll wrap things up tomorrow tomorrow is going to be a very special uh live uh, live stream so tomorrow it's going to be at four o'clock not two o'clock like how we normally do it it's going to be at four and we're going to be interviewing bobby and steve from the disciplined mind uh trading channel uh met those guys in person uh, a few weeks back uh at the long island stock twits meetup like well we're doing these uh local meetups now meet in person they're fantastic uh hopefully i'll be able to meet some of you guys uh out there soon but um yeah i met steve and bobby and they're coming on my live stream uh, tomorrow it's going to be fantastic uh that's going to be at four o'clock so make sure that you set your alert you could jump on to the the email list and get an email reminder and uh that's about it all right guys this has been fun as always and i'll see you back here again tomorrow for that live stream take care everybody much love peace out